Would you like to start a podcast specifically designed to bring you more clients? We have a guy who literally wrote the book and helped launch this podcast. What are his tips and techniques? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of Shift Shapers is brought to you by Major League Mindset, dedicated to helping you play bigger. Do you want to become the authority in your market? Would you like to prospect less and sell more? How can you create those long-lasting relationships with clients who don't change advisors every year? We've been there and done that, and we can help you do that too. Click on our Major League Mindset logo on the ShiftShapersOnline.com website for more details about our next Pitching from the Stage program that will help you become the advisor you know you can be. As I travel the country and do speaking engagements and educational engagements, I get an awful lot about doing a podcast. And there are a lot of misconceptions about a podcast. At its basis, it's pretty easy to do. I mean, anybody at this point with an iPhone or a phone of any kind with a mic can do a podcast. But that's not a podcast that's going to help your business grow. And so I thought, gee, let's do a podcast about podcasts. And the the instant guest that came to mind is the man who helped me launch my podcast four years ago and who probably knows more about podcasting than anybody I know is Ben Kruger. And ben is founder and podcast educator at Cashflow Podcasting. And he's got a new book out called How to Start a Podcast that gets you more clients. And that's what we all want. So I thought, let's interview Ben. And with that, welcome, Ben. Hey, David, excited to be here and share and uh, yeah, always enjoy talking podcasting shop. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's one of our favorite subjects. Now, podcasts have been around for a while, but they've kind of exploded over the last couple of years. What do you attribute that to? Yeah, so there's a few things going on there. One is honestly just the adoption of smartphones and the adoption of people having the ability to listen on the go, whereas kind of in the classic good old days, you know, we're talking six, seven years ago, podcasts were actually largely distributed via email, and then someone would have to kind of listen through their desktop. Whereas as smartphones have become more of a, A, more powerful, B, they have more storage, and C, they have access to data, and you can actually download things on the go. You don't have to like download things while you have internet and then, you know, take it with you. That essentially lowers the bar for people to try out the, the technology. And then once people try it out, really what ends up happening is they realize it's just recorded audio. It's just, you know, a, a radio talk show, but instead of having to show up at 5 PM every day when the show is scheduled and goes out on the radio, you can listen to it whenever you want. So most people end up listening to podcasts. The statistics show when they're driving, when they are exercising, and when they are doing 
chores around the house or going for a walk. So those are kind of the primary ways people tend to listen to a podcast. And I think that's where part of it has tied back into the growth and popularity because people that want to learn more, they want to be entertained, they want to kind of tap into something while they're doing other things, it's kind of a alternative to listening to music or it's an alternative to just silence when you're driving or when you're, you know, exercising and doing those kind of things. So I think it's a, you know, a technology thing and B, now it because it's so easy, it's an easy go-to option for people as opposed to, you know, if it was radio, then you you got to show up at the right time at the right schedule and kind of block out that time. Whereas now it's kind of at your fingertips. So I think all those things converging make it have, have really contributed to the growth because it has been significantly growing over the years, you know, over about the last eight or so years. So let's, let's get this out of the way up front. Let's talk about the dreaded C word and that's commitment. It sounds from the outside, like doing a podcast is just a breeze. There, you know, you just turn on your microphone, whatever you're using to record it, and you yak, and then life is great. But there's a commitment to doing this. We're almost 300 episodes in now, as you know, and it, it's a lot of work to do a credible podcast. Talk about that a little bit and how you counsel the people who come to you for advice. Yeah. So podcasting is something that takes consistent time and energy, as you well know, as somebody who's been podcasting for a few years now. It's one of those things to where it's not a flash in the pan type strategy. It's not a short term, you know, throw something up online and within 24 hours, get get big results and then you never have to do it again. The idea of where podcasting works really well is you can essentially create uh, a conversation with all of your audience members or with new audience members on an ongoing basis as something they can tap into, listen to on an ongoing basis, and you can build a relationship over time. So for any of those listeners out there listening to today's show, you've been listening to other episodes from David. You, you know, It's not something that he put out one episode that was really helpful and then he stopped. It is essentially an ongoing content creation engine that over time allows him to build a relationship with you as an audience member and create a community around the information that he's sharing, the you know insights, the people that he brings on as guests. So it does take a sense of commitment and shows that work best are shows that have a regular publishing schedule, usually weekly, sometimes every other week. We find that shows that don't have a regular publishing schedule tend to struggle to get traction. And so from a commitment piece, there's a few pieces going on. So, you know, when David does an episode, before that episode, he has to reach out and find someone who's credible, who has good information, who he wants to bring on as a guest and ask them to come on. And then he's got to, you know, get them lined up to a time where they can actually have that conversation at the time that works for him. Then there's a little bit of technical stuff like, you know, the microphone and recording equipment and that kind of stuff. But to be honest, that's one of the easier parts. And then there's the whole kind of post-production cycle of what to do with the audio and how to get it loaded up and how to get it published out there. Not to mention the one of the more important and core pieces of 
what do you actually talk about in the conversation with those individuals to where you're bringing the best content and the best insights, advice, and information for your audience? Because that's what's going to make the difference between your show and you know people listening to any of the other shows out there on your topic or in your industry is how much of an advocate are you for your listeners? How much do you act as a champion for them in going out and finding the right information, finding the right people and digging for what they're trying to learn about, what they're trying to understand, what they're trying to hear more of. So yeah, uh, if you're listening to this, I imagine, you know, you can kind of feel that there's more of a commitment to this, but that's where it works really well is when it can be a cornerstone of your brand or of your, you know, platform or your way to communicate with people in your industry and network in your industry is using it as a ongoing essential element to what you do and how you engage with people. So yeah, I, I think that at least gives an idea of the commitment, but David, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts as an active podcaster for years now, because this is something we've talked about a couple times. We have. It, you know, it, it's interesting. It, 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 for me, because I determined up front that we were going to take sponsorships. That's how we pay for the podcast. And the thought was, well, if I'm going to take somebody's money, I have to put out a real quality product. And then I got into defining, besides the pieces that you and I'll talk about, the four key steps that you need to do before you get started. Then I got into defining, okay, well, what makes a quality product? And the initial planning steps are, are really important, but it's once you get into the swing of it, it is finding the guests. We do, as you know, Ben, we do a 30-minute pre-interview with everybody who's a potential guest. And the reason we do that is to answer a few questions about how we do the podcast, but more importantly, to find out more about what they're doing to determine two things. One, what questions we'll ask on the podcast, which come from that conversation, that pre-interview. And also to determine upfront if this is something that's going to be of interest to your audience. And, and I know that one of the things that's the first thing you talk about in the book and that you advise people is figure out who your audience is. Now, that sounds like a simple prospect, but it's not all that straightforward, is it? It's, it's somewhat counterintuitive. A lot of people come into podcasting and really building a brand in general with the idea that I want to talk to or, or market to everybody who could possibly engage with my brand or use my product or, you know, come to our event or, you know, be a potential fit. And what we find is, is over and over and over again, the more specific you can be with exactly who you're, you know, I kind of call it the five-star prospect, the people who are really your sweet spot, the people who you can serve best, whether through your information or products and services or events or whatever. And the people who can gain the most from actually engaging with you. So there's kind of that both sides, the people that you can serve best and the people that can gain the most. And, and when you kind of hone in on that sweet spot, you'll always have people that follow your podcast or read your articles or kind of engage with you that don't really fall into that exact category. But what ends up happening is the people that do fall into that sweet spot, they really connect and engage with the brand because you're speaking directly to those people. You're speaking their language, you understand them, and you're kind of 
tailoring and and creating your content with exactly those types of people in mind. So it really resonates with them as opposed to, you know, I think the uh, classic example, we work with a guy who helps dental practice owners reinvest their income in real estate. And so his whole thing is like build wealth through real estate investing but he specifically talks to dental practice owners. So, you know, you can imagine as you're fishing through iTunes or you're kind of listening to some shows and you might come across a real estate, you know, podcast or an investing podcast. And then if you're a dentist and you come across a show that's for dentists on how to build long-term wealth through real estate investing, it's just so specific that it, you know, it seems like it was built for you because it was. So it really kind of connects with the individuals. And so the more specific you can start with for an, for a targeted audience, the better off you are. Because you can always expand and kind of pull in other groups as you go. But we find that shows that start specific and grow more broad over time versus shows that start broad and try to be everything to everyone, they really have a hard time getting traction because it's kind of that classic, you don't really, you don't really fit for any of those people because you're trying to fit for too many people. That's great advice. And now, a word from our sponsor. Let's get serious. Are you tired of watching those other advisors in your market snapping up the primo relationships and wondering what their secret is? Well, time to get your bubble burst. There is no secret. What do they know that you need to know? They know how to create engagement, relationships, and authority, and now you can too. Our Pitching from the Stage course has already helped advisors learn how to hone their messaging in a way that resonates with the clients they want, and we can help you do that too. Keith took the class and said, Thanks and kudos to David and Andy. They've been enormously helpful in steering me in the right direction and providing tips, guidelines, and ideas for public speaking. Carol said, I wanted to get myself more at ease with doing presentations, and this course was a great way to build my confidence this is definitely a course you want to take. Well, now you can join Keith, Carol, and all the others who've gained the confidence, competence, and course of action they need to become the authority who can pitch to many prospects all at the same time. Our next four-week class begins on September 18th, and there's still room for a few more attendees. For more information, or to sign up, just click the Major League Mindset logo at shiftshapersonline.com. And now, back to our conversation. I know there's four key steps, and I want to run through those briefly that, that you outline. And these, I think, for anybody who's even thinking about a podcast, before you make the commitment or, or even get to the point where you're thinking about making a commitment, you need to think about these four things first. And the first thing is there are decisions to be made about format, length, style, and frequency. Now, we've talked a little bit about frequency. We haven't talked so much about format, length, and style. Can you touch on those three things quickly? Yeah, so format and style are are pretty pretty similar. The idea of format and style is, you know, are you going to do interviews with your podcast? Are you going to do what I call solo teaching style episodes to where you just kind of get on and you talk about a concept or you educate your audience? Um, or are you going to do panel style conversations to where you have multiple people on and you have a big discussion or a combo of any of the two or three? Do you, are you going to use a co-host? So there's a couple of, of kind of decisions about what's the format of the show going to be. And one, you know, misconception that I do want to kind of quell here is 
when you when you have a show, you don't have to have every single episode have the same format. But the idea really is what's going to serve that audience, what's in their best interest. So oftentimes it's a rotation of, you know, solo type episodes and interview type episodes or whatever. But the idea there is you have a, a general idea of what the format of the show is going to be and what length are you usually shooting for. So I know, you know, for David's shows, usually they're in the say 22 to 35, 38 minute mark, somewhere in that range. And we do find that that's actually the sweet spot for listeners engaging to the very end of an episode. Whereas a lot of times when it starts getting up into the 45, 48, you know, hour long mark, people that's longer than their commute is, or that's longer than the time that they had to take a walk or do the dishes or whatever. So by the time they get about three quarters of the way through, they have to bail. And so sometimes they don't get some of the the bits at the end, or they don't get the call to action of what to do next if they're interested in, you know, connecting with you more or learning more about the brand. So those are some, some you know, base decisions that need to be made on what's going to be the best approach here. And the, the easiest way to make a lot of those decisions is to think about who your, who your, absolute best listener type of person is going to be and use what's going to be what's going to serve them best are they super busy and they don't have a whole lot of time and they're going to listen to this on their way to work and they probably have a 20 to 40 minute commute perfect that's what that's what our episode lengths are going to be so it's a nice way to you know what's in their best interest allows you gives you the ammunition to answer any of those questions much more easily well, it's always got to be all about the audience. If you if you go into this thinking it's an ego play, you know, record some short videos and pop them up onto Facebook or LinkedIn or something because that'll be more gratifying for you. But you got to you know you've got to always start with the audience in mind. The biggie uh, in your four thing list, I think, for everybody listening, is content that converts. What's what is content that converts, and what's the difference between content that converts and content that doesn't? Yeah. So when I say content that converts, what I'm really getting at is record content that enables your listeners to take an action, take a next step. So if you are a service provider or if you are a coach or a consultant or you have some sort of an offering or you run events and you want to engage the audience to where at some point you'd like for them to buy your service or to you know engage you as a coach or a consultant, what we want to do with podcasting is educate them, connect with them as a human being so that over time they build a trusting relationship with you and they become, they, they actively take the next step to engage with you further. So what that ends up looking like, a lot of people have the idea that, oh, if I want to generate sales from a podcast, then I need to be salesy or I need to actively sell on the podcast. And that is very far from the truth. We were talking about this before we hit record. The more someone tries to do selling or talk about their brand during a podcast episode, usually that's a direct correlation with how ineffective the podcast is as a as a you know client generating tool. But what works incredibly well and content that does convert does a few things. One, it educates people on the things that they're really interested in knowing. It gives them, it kind of pulls back the curtains, helps them understand the industry, helps them understand the space or your take on the industry anyways. And it gives them tangible, actionable advice of some kind. So something they can go out and do. So 
you know, if you, you know, I guess we can go back to this, you know, real estate investing for dental practice owners example, because it's an easy one. So if he were to talk about his service all the time in the podcast, it's, it really would not work very well. But if he talks about different things that dental practice owners are interested in uh, around real estate investing and what questions they might have, like, you know, how do I get into the game? What am I looking for if I want to invest in my very first house? Am I looking to buy and flip or am I looking to buy and rent? Like, you know, what are those kind of things? What do I need to be aware of? What are pitfalls in the industry? You know, all of those kind of questions where people get stuck a little bit. It really builds this relationship where you are the advisor for your audience you become the person who educates them, who shares kind of insider information with them. And so then when they are ready to take a next step, the big thing is, A, they trust you because you've already been educating and teaching them. But B, you have to provide whatever that next step is. So maybe that next step is to reach out and have a call. Maybe it's to go to the website and download a free book that will kind of give you a better idea of what's going on. Maybe it's, you know, to even as simple as join the newsletter so you don't miss an, an upcoming episode. But the idea is you you give people a clear next step where they can engage with you further. And so that little flow then allows people to know that when they're ready to raise their hand and and get a bigger result, you're an option for them and they know what that option looks like and how uh, how to go about doing it. So if it's, you know, just going to the website and grabbing a free book or any of those kind of things, the idea really is to simple, simplify it after you've already taught, educated and advised these folks and you're building a relationship with them over time. So we've got a couple of minutes left and we touched earlier on gear and how gear is not really important unless you're a gearhead like I am and you love buying new gear and mics and all that kind of stuff. But that's not a new problem for me. That's an old problem. But what do you actually need? And and again, you know, a, a kind of a short description of what do you actually need to, to do to record a decent sounding, credible podcast? Because if the audio is horrible, no matter how good your subject is, folks aren't going to listen. Totally. And what we found is is there's a ratio where if people are distracted by the quality of the audio, that's where it becomes a problem. If the audio is good enough that people don't actively notice anything about the audio quality and anything better than that is is perfect. So, you know, you can get you can get really specific with the audio equipment and all that kind of stuff and try to go for kind of the NPR style audio quality. And that's great. And and there's nothing against it. But at a bare minimum, you want to not distract people by the quality of the audio. So really all it comes down to is a couple of things. One, you need a very basic podcast microphone or a microphone that you can use. And the one that I use is is really simple. It's like 70, 80 bucks. It's called an Audio-Technica ATR2100. And it's a really, you know, it's one of the ones that we advise all the time because it plugs into people's laptops with USB. So it works for Mac, it works for PC, and it's super portable. It's one that, you know, I've kind of traveled the world with. So it makes it quite quite easy. And then, so really you need a microphone and then you need a way to record whatever that conversation is. So if you're doing conversation with just yourself, where where you're just teaching, there 
pretty much any computer is going to come with free recording, audio recording software, which will work just fine. There's a few online tools that are free as well that are easy to use. One of them is called Audacity, uh, if you want to look that up. But if you're having conversations, like David and I are here, one of the easiest ways to do it is a tool that we're actually using as we're having this conversation, and it's called Zoom. And all it is is a browser calling software that allows us to have a conversation over the internet and it records his side of the conversation and my side of the conversation. And after we hang up, we can download both sides of that conversation and turn it into a podcast. So fundamentally, from a recording standpoint, that's all you need is a microphone and a way to record it. And then some of the ancillary pieces are really just a place to do the recordings where you have good internet. There's not a bunch of background noise and it's not super echoey. So that's really all it comes down to from a from a tech standpoint or an equipment standpoint. But of course, you can also have a lot of fun with it and go as deep as you want in in kind of the tech side. Yeah, I think he's talking about me. But that's a discussion <laughs> for another another lifetime. We will link to all of these things that Ben mentioned and we'll also put a link to his little book, How to Start a Podcast that gets you more clients. If you're thinking about starting a podcast and you need some advice and some help, you can always call me, but if you really want to dig into it and get moving, Ben is the guy to talk to. Ben, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your advice with the Shift Shapers audience. You bet, David. This has been fun. I really enjoy talking about this stuff and appreciate the opportunity to chat and share. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Thanks. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shapers Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. 